on to your butts, because here come the movie men. Well, two of them anyway, because Ollie Britton is here. Hey! And I'm here, Callum, but there's no Mark and no Harry. But we're going to power on regardless, isn't that right, Ollie? Yeah, screw those guys. I mean, oh, it's such a shame they're not here. No, we missed them. No, we, we, we don't miss them. We, we miss them. This is definitely going to go way smoother than any of the other ones we've had. So. <laughs> Here's the hoping. So first things first, uh, a presumably crazed woman has married a cardboard cutout of Robert Pattinson. So Ollie, what I want to know from you is if you could do the same and marry a cardboard cutout of anyone from the world of film, who would it be? I think it would be <coughs> Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. In the hope... Obviously, it'd have to be in a state that allows for gay cut-out cardboard marriage. Um, in the hope that I sort of Rhode get... Island, <laughs> yeah, I can only assume sort of Connecticut um, average. Uh, I, in the hope that sort of I can invite like all because all his friends of the plethora of films he's done, like everyone he's worked with, would just be amazing to get them all as guests. I mean, they'd be very disappointed when they saw it was a cutout. They'd probably kill me or something. But uh, <laughs> I have to say that'd be pretty, um, that'd be pretty decent. So you just Sarah think it, you just think it would make you much more popular, much with the more popular. Yeah, yeah, and like more famous people to like brown those. Because everyone wants to be in a Quentin Tarantino film. Well, exactly. And this yes. could be maybe I'd film it, and that's it would sort of sort of be a Quentin Tarantino film. And maybe the real QT would want to do it after seeing it. So yeah, that would be that'd be pretty bad. Um, and then maybe Samuel Jackson in Quentin films just to sort of on the honeymoon on the plane just sort of pop him up <laughs> just say get these motherfucking snakes off this motherfucking plane <laughs> and then pop him back no way Tarantino <laughs> directed snakes on a plane no no but he did direct Samuel Jackson in many things I actually think he had him on the phone yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah asking yeah, for yeah. advice yeah yeah how, how can I make this real <laughs> oh dear how about you bro uh, I'd have to go for Melissa McCarthy from you know Bridesmaids Bride? and stuff yeah 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 because yeah, yeah. yeah. uh, I'm a frugal man Want to get more bang for my buck? <laughs> I want, to get, want to get the bigger cardboard cutout. Oh, also, pretty have curved edges. <laughs> yeah, like even when you, even when you two D that woman, there's still going to be some kind of extra girth. Just sort of <laughs> even on a, even though she's two D, you feel she'd be more two D than like she would be. Yeah, yeah, Canada, she'd be two D plus, two D plus, two D yeah. plus, like thicker cardboard. Yeah, They'd be like oh, this is some. This is, this is like plywood. This is yeah. thick. And also, just like the surface area would just be so large. <laughs> it would make I it, love it. It would make storage and stuff more difficult. When that's true. Sharing a bed with. She wouldn't be able to cover. fold as many times when you yeah, pop her in the boot. But, but um, uh, as far as cardboard wives go, that's a pretty sturdy. But value for money. <laughs> cha-ching. Uh, if you're listening, we're, we're so very sorry. She's doing all right. Better than us. German intelligence needs a job to be done that German law won't let it do. Our unit was set up to develop resources. We're not policemen. We're spies. So our first film tonight is A Most Wanted Man, the espionage thriller directed by Anton Corbin and starring Philip Seymour Hoffman in his final leading role Mm. as a member of German intelligence attempting to suss the intentions of Grigory de (laughs) Brigitte... I think it's... Grigory Dobrigin's possible jihadi Chechen immigrant. Support comes from Rachel McAdams as a human rights lawyer, Willem Dafoe as a slimy banker, and Robin Wright as an American intelligence agent who takes an interest in the case. Interestingly, the original novel was written by John Le Carre, who also wrote Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, which was made into a film back in, what, 2011? Yes, yeah, around 2012, around something like that. We should know. Yeah, so, obviously it was... Philip Seymour Hoffman's last leading role before he died tragically back in February. So, Ollie, given the hype surrounding this film as mm. Seymour Hoffman's last major role, did 
Did it live up to the hype as far as you were concerned? I, I, for me, don't think the film lived up to the hype. But obviously the film was attached to Hoffman. Yeah. Um, But I think in terms of his performance, it's fantastic. So I think maybe you could say that he lived up to the hype of his last film. I mean, I don't think it's maybe the best thing they've ever done, but it was... He's just one of those actors that just delivers quality after quality. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for that reason, I'd say well done to him. But for me, the film wasn't quite as good as maybe I'd hoped it would be. Yeah, because I think um, with the build-up to it, it might have looked like it could be a bit of a Heath Ledger syndrome situation with it, you know. Exactly. In the, Dark in the world of the, the Dark Knight, yeah. Um, but re- Philip Seymour <laughs> really lives up to... You know, the billing. He's absolutely superb, as you'd expect from a guy who's done his body of work. Oh. Um, now, Mark Commode, to reference another film podcast, I heard him say that it felt like the film was just built around the central performance, and that's what all it was. Was that the same you found? <laughs> well, that's funny you say that. I mean, yeah, now, yes, if you look at it that way, like it's definitely the film serves Hoffman more than any other actors in terms of performance. But it's funny that I thought the film was more a slave to its plot um, and to its realism. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, the other round was slave to the realism, and because of that, it was a slave to its plot. It's a good point you make about the realism because it really it is just you know it is nitty gritty. It's not like uh, the big glamorous no. sort of spy movies that you've seen in the past. Even Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy is quite you know it's a big weighty uh, theme that it's yeah, a it's long it's a mold, slow burner, yeah. It's, yeah. A mole in MI5. That's a that's a big uh, MI6. I think it is a big weighty theme. This one, the theme isn't so big. You know, it's just the actions of what one man and what's he going to do. Yeah, I think in terms of the theme, like it's certainly relevant now. Certainly with everything that's going on in the world, like we're still very much, you know, terrorism is a thing. Like it's it's this, and you imagine this sort of stuff goes on, and because it's like it's a, just that it's a baptism in realism. They're, it's like they're obsessed with it. You know, like in terms of even the camera angles, like, well, they'll just watch him move from one place to another and it'll be so innocuous, but they, they, they have it in there. because like, well, he would make that motion and we want to see it, which is so admirable. But again, because of it, like, the, there's no real tension. Like, there's these nuggets of tension, like you said, around this one storyline and you, you're sort of kind of waiting for a payoff and there's, like, little snippets of, like, all the dialogue's, like, gone above 50 decibels, but, like, still there's no... I was waiting for a big argument or like a big fight or mm. and the, the, the little things yeah. happen but not big enough it's yeah. like, and I, I find myself not wanting people to think that it's like oh I wanted an explosion like I didn't it was refreshing there wasn't explosions but like just because there's not a physical explosion doesn't mean there can't be a dramatic emotional explosion yeah to, to not sound too wanky really, really. <laughs> um, um, how many cigarettes does Philip Seymour Hoffman smoke in the movie oh in the millions <laughs> within <laughs> millions Beyond ridiculous. Yeah, but, but that's one of those things that I, you know, they just went at such pains to make sure that happened. Mm. Like, I, I imagine he probably said, like, I'm going to smoke. Like, I said, smoke. And the was like, yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, smoke all the time. And they're both like, yeah, I'm just going to smoke all the time. Like, it's really real. He's got like a savage addiction to nicotine. Like, it's a real. Yeah. You imagine someone in that job would be like a, either a massive drinker, massive yeah. smoker, or both. So. Especially after what happened in Beirut. <laughs> God, that was tough. <laughs> Brad Pitt, Robert Redford. I mean, such such like spy cliche. They had to get the spy cliches in there somewhere, didn't they? That's the one. That's the one cliche. Yeah. That there's something that happened in Beirut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even yeah. Only something has always happened in Beirut. Always in Beirut. I know. And I was thinking the other day, it's like, always popping up in the news, but it's always in the films. So, like, it's, <laughs> I don't know what's behind that. Uh, I thought the pacing. I've got to say, it was the film was two hours. And like we've already touched on the subject matter not being that weighty. I'm not sure it carried two hours. I think, I think it was a bit slow. Yeah. I don't know whether I'm just a philistine, but I thought it was a little bit slow. There wasn't too much <laughs> happened. 
I watched it with my girlfriend mm. and she said that at no stage was she was she bored, no. but at no stage was she like riveted. Exactly. So I think it's just one of those slow burners, you know. I'm sure there's gonna be loads of people that absolutely loved it, but the most key aspect of it that I'd like to talk about, Willem Dafoe's face. <laughs> now a key aspect. Willem Dafoe's face is a sight to behold it's, it's, uh, um, in most occasions. It's his own theme. The Maybe first time, yeah, the first the first time we see Willem Dafoe in this film, his face <laughs> becomes so <laughs> much a prominent part of the in the way it's lit, the, the way it's shot. <laughs> yeah. It seems like when the camera's on him, it's a different, weird, fisheye camera. It's a different world. Accentuating this insane lower jaw of his. Is his face getting more bizarre with age as well, definitely? Uh, yeah, I think it's it's changing. I think in 10 years' time, he'll look completely different. Yeah. He'll just be like a leathery mess. Yeah. Like, he'll look like he'll look like a, a character of Family Guy. You know, the boxer that gets beaten up too badly. <laughs> Floyd Metal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me just look. Because there's lumps everywhere. Like, <laughs> yeah. I look at his face, I'm like, do you have licorice all sorts, like, hidden underneath your skin? I heard that it's they just... didn't uh, make him up when he played the Green Goblin. <laughs> it's true, yeah. I and mean, in, in The Mask, the scenes when uh, Jim Carrey's covered in green, that's Willem Dafoe. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It is Jim Carrey, but doing an impression of Willem Dafoe. Uh, oh, constantly. right. Well, I think we've done that film to death. Yeah. And in, and in extremely good detail. I think so. Um, so let's get on to the ratings. Uh, what are you going to give this film out of ten? <laughs> Uh, no, we do decimals. I know we haven't done one for a while, but we do, we like to do a decimal. But I'm going to stick it slap bang on seven. Seven, yeah. Like I think it's intelligent. It's like compelling, and it examines like that interesting topic. And it's you know the medium of the Carrie's novel, and it's non-typical. Like it's not like cliched. It's not stereotyped. Mm. It's not super action. Um, but despite that, it is too slow. It is like I said, it's not boring, but it's not gripping. Yeah. Um, and for me, the, you did call it compelling. Well, yeah, I, guess, I, I, yeah. I kind of do understand what you mean. You know, you, you, you're, yeah. you're interested. You're not on the edge of your seat. But you no, know, like, you, you, you care. I care. Yeah, like yeah. I, I cared for the guy, but it's not all that much. And I think, and, and that for me is one of the things that we didn't touch on too much. But like, I thought it was too thin characteristically. I so, don't think it went into that much depth. So I'm going to give it a sturdy seven. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sturdy seven. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go a little bit lower. I think when I came out of it, I was like, mm. meh, pretty like a five point five because, like I said, yeah. I wasn't that riveted by it. But actually. In the cold light of day, I think there's a lot of good stuff about the film. And it was just the fact that it wasn't maybe the most entertaining film I've ever seen that kind of exactly. let it down. Yeah. But there was a lot of good stuff. The characterization was brilliant. I like the way a lot of it was shot. Um, those like long, lingering, single camera yeah. shots on, yeah, on the yeah. actors. I quite like that. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go 6.5. 6.5. A little bit below you, but it was still a good film. Yeah. It was a good film, but I was underwhelmed. Yeah, I it was gonna... so was I. And I, found, I yeah. feel like I'm being generous giving it a 7. Yeah. But then I've... But there's things about it I admired, yeah. so I don't want to be a dodder and rag on it too hard. But yeah. So what's that, our average? Basically 6.75. 6. 6. Yeah. Cool. Maybe you could define for us what the long-term objective would be. To make the world a safer place. Isn't that enough? So it's time now for Ollie's challenge of the week. Yeah. Not such a competitive element to this week because I'm playing on my own. <laughs> it's so uncompetitive. But Ollie, what you got for me? I mean, I'm going to be playing as well. Um, oh this is actually going to expose my serious lack of knowledge. You have to just sit there and listen to what Harry says yeah. under his breath and then just interject. And just knock him out and take his answers. Yeah, it's a quiz. It's a spy-themed quiz. Just three questions. Bloody love a quiz. Yeah, he, he Callum loves... He actually hosts a Professor quiz. Plum with a dildo in the library. 
which is the answer to all three questions. <laughs> um, if you are listening at home, do uh, tweet us your scores if you've done well. Um, hashtag, you can literally make, make one up. Um, and we'll just pray it catches on. <laughs> How are we going to know? <laughs> we, we won't know, but at us, at the Movie Men. That's what it is, isn't mm-hmm. it? At the Movie Men Show. So the this is show, yeah. at the Movie Men Show. Um, that's on Twitter. This is the quiz. Um, so question one. What Bond film? So I've given you a hint. It's a Bond film. Yeah. What Bond film is this iconic song from? Nobody does it. Just and then etc that was lovely where's that from it's sort of a scat rendition almost as good as Carly Simon's version of Nobody Does It Better hey! which is from that's the extra point which is from The Spy Who Loved Me that's all <laughs> that's all two points <laughs> so yes the film is The Spy Who Loved Me I love Bond films extra point was who was the uh, singer? singer Carly Simon yeah very good that's two two points already she on, says on the one of the lines is like heaven above me The Spy Who Loved Me yeah. they always sneak it in there I, I was hoping you were going to go what, uh, what Bond film is this from? Goldfinger! <laughs> yeah, I should have done, shouldn't I? That's question two. Um, a little tidbit about um, uh, Spider Love Me. The parachute scene, apparently, you know, right at the beginning. Oh, yeah, yeah. That had people like, in applause in the cinema. Had me in applause. <laughs> now, even I mean, now. When I was I mean, the 20th time. I don't think I've been to a cinema ever, watched anything, and had people stand up and clap. Do you know, do you know another little tidbit about that? Go for it. When the, when the stuntman skis off yes. and he releases his skis. Sorry, it's not Roger Moore. Uh, yeah, I think it is working. Uh, no, thank you, thank you. You see that really accurate camera work? There's not a green screen at all. Um, so when the stuntman skis off the mountain, yeah. he releases the skis, goes down, lets the parachute out, and you can see one of the skis hits the canvas of the parachute. Brilliant. Could have killed him. If, if the ski had oh, ripped wow. through the parachute, it would have killed him. He'd be dead. Yeah. Brilliant. There, but for the grace of God and things of small... Um, God of small margins. things and small margins. That's oh, like that's yeah. like an accountant. Really. <laughs> yeah. Thank God for small margins. Always carry the marginal one. gains. Um, next question is: So in two lies. Oh yeah. yeah. This is getting a bit too easy for you, I think. What's his name? What's the protagonist's name? Oh wow. Yeah, thought I get It's it. a really American name. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and I even like to do with what he does. It's, it's like John. Is it not John? It's not John. Oh I thought it was John. I thought it was like John. See if you get the second name for half a point. Hammond. It's Harry Tasker. It's always a nightmare for him to say. Like, I love any, it. like he was just like when he got the script, he was like, please hands, please hands. <laughs> Klaus, 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 Klaus Kleinman. Always do that. Harry Tasker. Um, they always do that with him. They always uh, give him the most American yeah. name. So very funny, but uh, fantastic film. A little tip about that. It's a tidbit for me. I didn't know it's directed by James Cameron. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah. like, you think of Titanic, you think of Avatar. Well, Terminator, I think, was obviously when they did their first... Oh, no, it was Terminator. Terminator was James Cameron, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, Terminator okay. James Cameron. So you think of these epics, don't you? And then, like, it is an epic, but it's such a... It's so com- It's so comic. It's a comic film. It's like, one of my favourite, like, funny films, even though it's... It is brilliant. It's a very good... And it might be coming up later. <laughs> Probably. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Um, the next... Okay, so that would be another... Um, so that's just one point from then. So, so on two. On ma- two. Yeah, there'll be a maximum of three to be had, so you can put... Um, four, because i got the bonus point. No, you got one for getting the film that the song was from. Bonus point was Kylie Simon. So that's two. Yeah, and then you didn't get anything right. So that's two out of three. Yes, yeah, two out of three. Yeah, so... Okay. 
Maximum three points. Do hashtag uh, Ollie's, Ollie's, Ollie's challenge. I thought there was another question. Is that it? There's a last, last question. Okay. Final question. Um, Mission Impossible. Again, this is a bit simple one, but it might catch oh you out. Oh my god, I haven't seen it since it like, came out. When was it released? 95, 96, or 97? 96. Wow, straight off the bat. <laughs> Three points out of four. Cool. Very good, very Thank good. Thank God you didn't ask me any other questions about that. Here's a tidbit about this one, which is brilliant. Obviously, that iconic scene when he comes in from the roof, the reason they do it is to avoid motion art sensors on the yeah. ground. In 2010, quite a long time afterwards, a, a gaggle of thieves <laughs> did the very same thing. They robbed a Best Buy for that very reason, to avoid art motion sensors. They came down from the ceiling. The, why would a Best Buy have motion just, sensors? Well, well it's, in, it's America. <laughs> with people, with Arnie running, with people like Arnie running, being called Harry Tasker, um, <laughs> which is which is so Come funny. On. So imagine them like doing all that work for like a till, and be like, <laughs> "Oh, they took the notes! They took all the notes!" <laughs> just got out with a bag of pound coins, <laughs> like a bag of swag. Yeah, like, on, yeah. Brilliant! So that's Ollie's Ollie's challenge. Hashtag Ollie's challenge. Four points to be grabs. Cam, three out of four. Yeah, Cam set the bar with three out of four people. So um, if you think you could do better, let us know. Well, if they could do better, they would have already done it because they've just heard all the answers. They've just heard it, yes. <laughs> but we've got to verify it. We've got verification. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Position in jeopardy. Our position is compromised. I say again. Our position is compromised. Over. I can make it. Trust me. Where'd you learn to shoot? Boy Scout, sir. So we've trawled the archives to bring you a fantastic movie for our archive film this week. It's 2001 Spy Game from the late Tony Scott. Robert Redford stars as a veteran CIA operative trying to save his protege, played by Brad Pitt, from execution after he's captured in China. The film uses a series of flashbacks to chart the development of their relationship and show how Redford trains the young Pitt in espionage. So, Ollie, let's talk about the start of shooting this film. Because it... You know, there's a lot of handled stuff, a lot of fast-paced yes. moving, you yes. know, like lots of, uh, like, flashes across the screen and things like that. Yeah. It's very Tony Scott in style. It is, yeah. Um, did you enjoy that, that way of shooting? <coughs> what I enjoyed is the contrast between that sort of frantic action scenes and handheld with also some more simplistic stuff, because obviously it's this whole thing of the backstories or the action, and it keeps coming back to him telling this story just at this table talking amongst sort of his uh, advisors at, at, at the Bureau at the yeah. CIA so I quite like that contrast they were contrast. trying to do Brad Pitt over basically yes. they're trying to do him over and he's trying to save him and I think that's what is that, that doing that with the camera angles so you suddenly got frantic frantic and then calm still is what you sort of go through going through the story you constantly these peaks and troughs for finding what's happening and then you're brought back to the, the calm and the whole element of it being the spy game mm. and the main Robert Redford's this yeah. cool he's, he's cool hand cool hand you know, he's, this, he's a cool cat that's the whole point. So even yeah. though there's madness going all around, it brings it back to he's somehow in control. Mm. And I think those the camera angles and all the action scenes, by contrasting with all the stuff with him sneaking around the CIA, yeah. it really helps with that idea to, um, to bring that across. So I thought it was yeah, definitely well thought out from Tony Scott. But he's a he's a class act, isn't it? Was was a class shame act. Shame he's yeah. no longer with us. Um, I mean, there's a lot of uh, important stuff with detail. You know, there's lots of tights on on titles and, and yeah. names of places and stuff like that, which I really like. With it, like. Yeah, <laughs> crash into a dossier and then bang, 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 bang. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is really cool. I like that. Which can't help but seem a little bit outdated, out, like outdated, is, yeah, or cliche. But but you you do take into account when it came out, and, and yeah. it's, it works. It still works. Like, yeah, yeah. You still enjoy it. No, it's, yeah. it's interesting you mentioned it before about Robert Redford and the game because yeah, it's not just a title. Like the the yeah. idea of the game is 
is you know spread throughout the film. So one aspect of the game is the fact that he's leading the CIA. Robert Redford's character, sorry, is yeah. leading them a merry dance. Yes, I mean, I read one thing which said, uh, you know, he manages to outsmart the CIA using nothing but a coffee cup and a paper, a paper clip. Yeah, exactly. Which is like exactly what it is. So that's like a game yeah. in one aspect. But another thing is the message of the film that spying is like a game like mm. the, it's it's not it's nature yeah it's mm. it, the, the the people that do it they play it like a game yeah. and it's not you know these weighty ideas of the greater good and stuff like that he yeah. just says well there's there's a back and forth between Brad Pitt and Robert Redford at one yes. stage where he says it's not a game and he goes yes it is it's a game. <clears throat> it's that dialogue runs through doesn't it between you know young I want to make a difference change the world like working out right and wrong that sort of sense and then against the older more experienced veteran going you can't you can do your best like this is a game we have it just to seems do like it's, it's just yeah. about winning yeah know, he just wants to win the game yeah and that's what he's doing it's that he has no real moral compass it seems it seems it would seem it, for, throughout much of the film yeah true yeah and and that's all it is but you you said to me earlier before we went on went on air about um you know the messages of the film and stuff like that and one thing you mentioned was um, the fact that it doesn't, you know, the the the, the greater good over the individual. Mm-hmm. So, do you want to talk yeah, about I think that, that theme that theme is like quite prevalent in this film, and I think the whole genre and in the, obviously the film we talked about earlier, Most Wanted Man, it's like you, it's the, the examination, the, the the what they're exploring always in these films is like, you know, American government or whatever government, be it, you know, the things they do to so-called look after national security or protect from terrorists, inevitably ends up with a lot of collateral damage. Yeah. And the question's always asked, is it worth it, is it right? Mm-hmm. Is it just, you know, like, is it okay for 73 civilians to die so that one terrorist gets stopped, you know? And I think they, they always ask the audience the question because there's no conclusion to it. You know, Redford's conclusion is, I drive off in a cool car. <laughs> you know, like, Pitt's conclusion is, like, I fall in love with someone. Again, like... There's there's the catharsis in there, like that's Hollywood, you know. They, they give the audience that. <laughs> that's Hollywood, baby. It's Hollywood, baby. It's the movie factory, um, you know. So, so I don't think they ever answer that question. Um, but I think I think what I like so much about this film is it marries some real good action with yeah. like a proper moral basis and a real examination. It's not like a Michael Bay film where she no, just blows. No, no, out, no, no, no. Exactly, it's more. Than this that. film, yeah, it, it has so much more to that, and that's kind of you know, it's quite Tony Scott esque in in that. That way, yeah. asking those big questions, like enemy of the state, which is yeah. very similar yeah. in theme and tone, yeah. uh, which was three years previous yeah. to this, I think, '98, I think, yeah. Will Smith, and and something like Man on Fire, in it. and in fact, they've got quite a similar look actually when we talk about like, the Tony Scott look. But yeah. yeah, I just like that fact that it's not just a pure action no, film, no, 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 but there is so much light relief, yeah, and so much and stuff happening that you can mm. swallow the serious pill and they go to Beirut and they go to, and we need so they've, they've got to they've ticked that spy booking tickets now <laughs> yeah, we'll go to Beirut man we we'll go to Beirut <clears throat> um, okay so Brad Pitt and Robert Redford who if uh, Robert Redford's Brad Pitt's father <laughs> <laughs> which, which he is which he is who, who changed their name could, could, <laughs> yeah couldn't be more his definitely his dad <laughs> if I was Brad Pitt's dad I yeah. would be having serious words with my wife because good lord yeah they wow. could and they act it's so funny like they are you know I suppose his character is like loco parentis to him he is like yeah, a father his dad and he is like what you imagine a sort of older Brad Pitt to be Mm. Which is which, and Brad Pitt's slowly turning into that. He is both cool, um, both and Robert Redford is ravenously good looking, stealing that. He's film. very cool. What I like though is that because obviously you know the, he's meant to be younger in the flashbacks. Their device for age is basically glasses. 
and then they've done less makeup yeah, like, the makeup artist is like no 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 that's enough now this is the older Robert Redford well, the, it's great the and pre- glasses and sunglasses the present day of the film is 91 yeah but uh, they go back to the 70s yeah, yeah. It's in, it starts in the Vietnam War so it's like 20 years <laughs> and, he does, and he's not aged he's at all he's not aged a no, day no. except for Anna's eyes which you can't see because of the glasses yeah because of the glasses yeah oh, you God. know he's old because he's got slightly <laughs> dodgy eyesight but he's that type of guy you imagine like got to 30 looked the way he looked was a silver fox and will remain that way forever. Yeah. Like, we'll just always look. Like, Willem Dafoe, like... Well, he's not a silver fox, he's still got luscious blonde hair. Well, yeah, he's not even silver, he's just a fox. <laughs> he's just a de- fox. He's just a fox. And Willem Dafoe's a wallet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he yes, will be made into a wallet at some point. That's, that's going to happen. Taxidermy. Who will get or taxidermy. Belt. Yeah, belt. Yeah, just some fine leather product. <laughs> yeah. Many fine leather yeah. products. Fashion designers are desperate oh, to get their hands on it. Right, let's rate this bitch. <clears throat> yep, let's rate it up. Um, you, rate it, you rate it for me, mate. Okay, I'm going to give it a 7.7. You bastard. Is that what you're going to go for? No, no. Way higher, but anyway. Well, yeah, the reason it's not like that high is because there's still a lot of things that are like quite Hollywood, like... Going to Beirut. Going to Beirut. Just the way, like, there's this vague moral compass thing, and the dance with a lot of things. Like, there's not a huge attempt to... Again, like, there's no attempt to dive into that question too much apart from just present it in that way. Um, and, like, there's not... The whole device of, like, telling the story to tell the past, it's, it's obvious. I know it works, but it's just, like it, it's just really obvious, you know. And, and maybe that's, again, because it's a bit old and I've seen too many films like that, but I couldn't help watching it and being like, yeah, this is really, yeah, really obviously great way to fill time by mm. telling the backstory in a cool way. But the, the, the best bits for me are all this, the subtle stuff of him going around the sea. The whole thing, like, you can mm. do anything with a pen knife, a, a pack of cigarettes, <laughs> yeah, and a fake yeah. name, basically. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I just love I love that idea and it's really simple but it, it just wasn't quite complex enough in, in in the way that I would give like a nine to Inglourious Bastards because the plot's like you know ridiculous and stuff like that but it was definitely enjoyable um, so yeah 7.75 seven well um, I personally like the flashback ideas I like that but I think yeah. the thing that I, stands out most to me that I enjoy most is just the way their relationship develops while he's training him That's and I love the insight into the training and I love like the little minutiae and the details yeah, yeah. and also the morality aspect I think they do examine that quite well especially you know you've got this scene in Berlin where he's got to make that tough decision in Berlin yeah. same with Beirut when they've got to make a tough decision there lots of tough decisions yeah there's some tough decisions and, uh, and I just like the way that their relationship sort of eventually sort of um, outdoes everything just yeah. cut, like triumphs over everything so you've got the most cynical CIA yeah. slickster yeah. and he's like yeah he's, he seems like the most hardcore realist guy and then suddenly you know he just does something does to, for his yeah. friend so I like that yeah. so I'm going to give it an 8.7 cool 8.7 one whole point high yeah just trade these people like the baseball cards. It's not a game. It's exactly what it is. And it's serious and it's dangerous and it's not one you want to lose. You go off the reservation, I will not come after you. So now we hear about what's been happening in the world of film this week and what films are coming to a TV set near you in the next few days. Ollie. 
So this is this is big news for me. Um, Will Ferrell's immortal Mugatu in Zoolander <laughs> will be coming back for Zoolander two. I didn't even know he was going to be a Zoolander two. Let I alone... thought you were going to say like he's become part of the Oxford English Dictionary or is well, being traded. It already is. Um, is is the name of my son? <laughs> it will be the name of my son. <laughs> Mugatu Britain. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I do love Mugatu. So that's 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 ridiculous. Um, Holmesman looks quite exciting. Uh-huh. Some news about that. Obviously, Tommy Lee and Hilary Swank. They both won like I don't know twenty Oscars each or something like that. They've won awards. Um, I watched the trailer for that today. They've won some awards. They've won some awards. <laughs> Final posters and teasers for Mockingjay, the third of the Hunger Games. Yeah, is it's all coming out now. So that's quite big in the film community. Like obviously, I don't know about you, Callum. Sometimes I feel like the Harry Potter's and the Twilight's passed me by a bit, but I <laughs> kind of enjoyed Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. Your Twilight's certainly passed me the by. Twilight's I've, watched, I've watched all the Harry Potter films. I watched the first. <laughs> I watched the first Hunger Games on a plane. I thought it was alright, but I wasn't that enamoured with it. No, it's not amazing, but it's just a bit more. Because I'm, know, I'm a, you know, I'm a battle royale geek. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's already trading on. It was done, yeah. and it was done in a much in more much. brutal and ruthless way. So I was like, it, like, it wasn't yeah. done in such a non-Hollywood way, battle royale. So. No, that's true. That's a very good point. Uh, Morgan Freeman has signed up for Ted Two, which is just hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, playing the. Uh, oh, I mean, not playing. Playing, playing Ted, Ted's best mate. <laughs> no, no. Well, actually, I don't. I don't know what for yet. But it's just uh, apparently he's signed up for Ted too, which is going to be very interesting. So I guess because there's no there's no thirty second previews here from Harry, so you should no. probably bring up any other upcoming films that look interesting. I want yes. the look of um, uh, a walk among the tombstones. Is that it? Is that what it's called? <clears throat> With Liam Neeson. That looks quite good. Does he have it's a special brutal. set of skills? <clears throat> I think I he has. A, it's like Taken. I think. But like, also exactly the same as Taken. It's very similar to Taken. <laughs> it's, is it Taken with a different title? <clears throat> Sorry, I'm coughing all over the place. Don't you worry. And about also, it. Gone Girl. Have you heard of this? Gone Girl. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, so, that's, that's. So my girlfriend made me read the book, and it is excellent. It's really? definitely a woman's book, but okay. like, it is so good. And the film's coming out with Ben Affleck. Yeah. And oh, who's what's the blogs? Beautiful. Rosamund Pike. Rosamund Pike's playing uh, playing opposite him. The trailer is so definitely going to be worth watching. Yeah, like because the book nervy. is superb. So, so. one of those trailers, like, the music's constantly like on the back of your spine, making yeah. you worried. Although, so I feel although like it'll be a thriller. I question how they're going to um, implement the book into the film because it's it is really it is a book. It's better as a book. So yeah, we'll see. But you know, I haven't seen the film yet. So I'm other films come out: Equalizer, which is just <laughs> Denzel Washington literally equalizing people. <laughs> you imagine <laughs> that be a line he'd say like, "I'm a, I'm a, I'm a equalizer." And <laughs> it's just him being like semi vigilante, being the crap out of people. Um, you got Pride. I've heard a lot of good things. About oh yeah, Pride. Pride yeah. I need to see that. About a UK gay activist. Okay. Um, <laughs> Box Trolls is coming out. Oh, animation. Two Faced of January. That's coming out soon. Well, I'm sure we'll review some of these. Oh, we will. Oh, we will. In detail. What films, uh, what films are on TV this week? Oh. Well, basically, it doesn't matter about... Every other day except for Friday is irrelevant. Because on Friday you have this. Ferris Bueller, 6.45 film oh, four. I love Ferris Absolute Bueller. Absolute cult classic. But then at 9pm, again Friday E4, Die Hard. They weren't clash either, were they? Because there's no way Ferris Bueller's longer than two, and, uh, two hours. With adverts. Possibly... You might be able to you, just you, hit first. Yeah. You could get, get you could get away with what first be a diehard, but then you got Silence of the Lambs. ITV four ITV four at ten. Ah, so you got to make you, a decision between diehard and Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. So you could finish Bueller, get a light snack, go for a wee, then watch Silence. I, I think that's what I do because if you're watching Bueller and Diehard, that's too much light relief. 
too much. Yeah, you need you need, you need somebody to see someone it. eating another man's liver. Um, <laughs> you do need that. And of course, another uh, classic is Forty Year Old Virgin, which is on Friday as well. Wow, Friday's killing it. It's Friday Fiesta, baby. Get your uh, Sky Plus out. Record the lot and watch those films. There are days. other TV providers available. available. <laughs> we should. We're not the BBC. We can definitely promote. We're certainly not. Will you the give BBC. us money if we promote, promote <laughs> random Cineworld? Cineworld. Fifty-five listeners. <laughs> Good diehards. Well, see, this is the problem with terrorists. They're really inconsiderate when it comes to people's schedules. Leave us the button for the top floor, please. Right, it's top five time, and it's going to be my top five espionage movies this week in honour of the films that we've reviewed. Give it to me, Cal, give it to me, your top five. <clears throat> this was so hard to do. Yeah, I can see that. And there was loads of films that were... When I was actually, you know, because obviously you're not just thinking off the top of your head, you just had a look around, like, trying to remind yourself. There were some which were suggested as spy films, which definitely weren't, like Ronin, which isn't a spy film. It's like terrorism. More of a thriller. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like an action thriller. It's great, great film, but it wasn't in that genre. Film, yeah. Uh, other ones that didn't quite make the list Mission Impossible like I said I haven't seen it for years that um, is deemed a spy film but I know what you mean it's, it seems yeah. like more of an action film The Hunt for Red October that's another one brilliant brilliant film mm. but not quite a spy film for me I know it's a Jack Ryan CIA one but it's still more about like you know a mystery and like yeah. a thriller So and uh, one that is a spy film that I did that didn't make the list was The Recruit with Colin Farrell and Al Pacino good yes, film but yes. For me, just a bit of a poor man's spy game in terms of like the, the, the whole training thing aspect. about the training, yes. <clears throat> yeah, so I decided not to do that. Hopefully, I'm going to get through this because I should be coughing. Yeah, just place. die. So, number five, I've gone for John Le Carre's other book, Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. Oh. Um, I have to say, when I first saw it in the cinema, I watched it and I was like, yeah, good, but wasn't blown away with it. But I still now just like think about it, I'm like, That's, that was quality, that was a great film. And like, it was a bit slow. and It was a bit of a slow burn, but there was so much intricate detail, amazing atmosphere throughout the whole film, yeah. brilliant performances from Gary Oldman, Benedict Cumberbatch, of course. Mark Strong. So, um, yeah, that was, that was a fantastic film. The only thing that I felt let me down was... Let me down. <laughs> let the film down slightly let was... Let me down. That when, it came, when it came to the, re- the big reveal, yeah. the end, it just kind of the felt... Twist. Yeah, the big twist kind of just fell a bit flat. I don't know why. Um, whereas it doesn't in the in the TV series, it really doesn't. Um, anyway, coming number, in at number four, four, True Lies with what was his name? Harry Harry Tasker. Harry Tasker. I was about to say Harry Stanky. It would have worked. <coughs> what a film! Oh, too good. Arnold Schwarzenegger somehow, despite being the most Austrian man ever, makes his way <laughs> into the CIA. And, yes. Uh, Tells him, what does he tell his family? He's like a lawyer or something. He, something so, so ridiculous. Yeah. I love I love the scene with the, the used car salesman that tells his wife that he's, <laughs> yeah. uh, he's a spy. <laughs> that was brilliant. Yeah, so the, that, that's my favourite Arnold Schwarzenegger film, I think. The skiing scene at the beginning as well. Oh, it's, all, it's all crazy. It's, what a mental, obviously mental the, the Harrier jet at the end. It's, <laughs> I mean, the budget. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Does he say get to the chopper? Get to the chopper. Is that in... Is that... I don't, I don't, I think, don't think he is. No, that is. Kids with the Harrier. He says <clears throat> some funny stuff. Coming in at number three. Number three. Spy Game. For wow, me. yeah. In yeah, my list, yeah, I'm having yeah. Spy Game in there. Um, I have to uh, say, say now that, um, well, we've, we've already reviewed Spy Game, so yeah. all the reasons I've mentioned before. But if you're wondering why some, some other films aren't in there, I'm grouping some things together, if you catch my drift, and we're about to come to one of them right now. Okay. Which is at number two. Number two. <clears throat> The Bourne series. Okay. 
I'll let you get it. My favourite is probably the Born Ultimatum. First one. The Born Identity is brilliant. I think the Born just... Supremacy is the weaker of the three. But I feel like I lost they interest are after the they first are one. Amazing films. They're yeah. so good. They're my, they're my favourite action. And that sums films. up a spy. That, that is a spy film. Yeah, that is well, he's the, an assassin, like, isn't he? So epitome. Well, we're going espionage. So he's not. He's not a, quite a spy. He's an assassin. But oh, yeah, it's still such a brilliant oh, film, brilliant. and and I lo- like love the way that's shot. Love the story. The love fight the fight scenes. scenes. The most accurate. Well, I don't know if they're accurate or not, but like Do you feel scene? like they are. They, you feel like yeah. oh, I'm watching something that this could be an actual fight rather yeah. than oh, this is obviously a Hollywood yeah. choreographed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Second exactly. intervals between every punch. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, and the and the, all the improvisation and I love that yeah. as well. Uh, and the number one, number one, the undisputed king of the spy world. film champion belt. spy world, James Bond. So all we're going them. the Bond series. All forty. Well, there's loads of crap ones oh, actually. Even there. though I love them all, but there are some crap ones. How so, many are there? Uh, there are twenty. Wow, you put me on the spot now. Twenty five. All twenty five Bond films coming at number one. Somewhere between twenty four and twenty eight. Um, but no, the the top three for me would be Goldfinger, 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 <laughs> Casino Royale. Yeah, very good. And I can't decide between Golden Eye, which is just pure. That's a great soundtrack. Entertainment fodder. Yeah, pure entertainment fodder. So much, fodder. so much entertainment. And Skyfall, which was excellent. I, I think I'll go Golden Eye because of the game that came out. Of it. <laughs> yeah, the that game was so it. good. That tips it. The game was so good. Yeah. When you got paintball mode as well, you could just shoot it's... your name against a wall. <laughs> that was brilliant. It's just a timeless game. Right? So There's timeless. no Skyfall game. Well, it probably is, but it's going to be crap. So I don't think you have any arguments with Bond being number one. I think you have to. If, if we're allowing that franchise, uh, a series of films, then yeah, it's got to top it. it is, yeah. That is the epitome of a spy film. James Bond is still, despite any American counterpart, the ultimate spy. Yeah. The purpose of our two previous encounters is now very clear to me. I do not intend to be distracted by another. Good night, Mr. Bond. Do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. So that's it for another edition of The Movie Men. We're going to try and increase the frequency of the shows from now on to give you guys your film fix a bit more regularly. But for now, please do get in contact on Twitter, Facebook, or via our email address, themoviemenatlive.com. Ollie said earlier our Twitter handle is at the Movie Men Show. Yeah. Feel free to tweet and it just lets us know that people are thinking of us. Mm. Um, so, yeah, go with that. Um, thanks to Ollie Britton. Thanks for having me. Been I've been Callum O'Toole. We've been the Movie Men. And the name's Bond. Vagabond. Bondage? <laughs>